Welcome to Dong Teeny, episode 76. On today's show, Simone rescues kittens from her demented neighbor, Steffi pissed off Mars Hill Church some more, and singing in the rain. It's really good, goddammit. And now, here are your hosts, Simone Turkington and Stephanie Drury. Hello, Stephanie. How are you, Dong? I'm Dong very well. How are you, Dong, Simone? Uh, I'm I'm Dong okay. Um, just now when we were preparing, I guess you wanted me to tell the listener about this, but I was we were talking about batteries and the availability of batteries, and I have a, a wireless Mac keyboard, and uh, it died maybe about a month and a half ago, and I just couldn't find batteries anywhere, and then I finally scrounged some batteries, and it still didn't work. Anyway, and then I I didn't know if it was the then I thought it's not the batteries, it's the, is the keyboard broken. So, or is it just the connection broken? So I had to go to Best Buy and buy a keyboard for $54. I brought it home, plugged it in, typed in my password, and then I was able to establish connection with the old keyboard. So I returned it. <laughs> so, you bought yeah, the keyboard just, like, just for your password, and then you returned it yeah, after you got yeah. your password entered. Oh, my God. Yeah. Because I couldn't enter. I couldn't get back into it to try and establish the connection. Even to use the mouse, I couldn't use it. So... Yeah. Love that. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, now, um, and we were also talking about shorthand. Because before we record Listener, we sort of go over everything. And, you know, and Stephanie usually doesn't have the list in front of her. So I read off the <laughs> list and she writes it down in the new order that we've decided to sort of run through things. And she does it so fast that I was like, that I never think she's writing it down, but she is. And so I was like, do you know shorthand? Like, I didn't really think she did, but I was like, have you ever even seen it? And then I was just like, just shorthand is so fascinating. I don't understand it. Like, why, if you can get all that information down in, in symbols, why don't, why isn't that our normal writing? What I, I, you know, like, because I don't understand it, I can't understand why we wouldn't use it all the time. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I guess they used to teach and this is so sexist, right? They taught girls how to do it in high school. Like, I think my mom took a course, but she couldn't remember enough yeah. to teach me when I got fascinated with it. But her friend um, was a court reporter and used, like, she knew shorthand and she also knew how to do the transcription, like the, you know, the court reporter, a little special typewriter that where they yeah. just, and I, I was like, tell me how that thing works because it only has, like, eight keys on it. And, um, I, she I kind know. of described they, it. I mean, they completely take everything down verbatim. Yeah. And yet. And yet it has that many keys. Why doesn't it write? Why can't we live our lives this way? I don't understand it. For someone who understands it, I must sound so fucking dumb no, right now. No, it makes absolutely <laughs> sense. Like, why do it the long way if you don't have to? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So clearly they're getting the, to, they're, they're able to keep up with people speaking mm-hmm. with their little keyboard. And it makes sense. And then they just go back and read it, you know, when the judge says, oh, you know, can you go repeat that? And they just go back and read it and check it. And you know what I mean? Yes, like, it's unreal. all there. And yeah, baffled, baffling. Well, Gosh, she showed me but, like what it looks like. Have you seen it written out? It totally looked like Arabic. It kind of freaked me out. No, no, I haven't seen it. Yeah, because it's just like, like swooshes and dots and little dashes. It was weird. Huh. Gosh. 
Does anyone well, know anything I just about wish this? there was. I wish there was some source of information that I could use to find this out. Gosh, if anyone, uh, if anyone uh, has this information, uh, please mail it to me because I, I don't know where I could possibly, possibly see any of this. <laughs> <laughs> no, more people should should know about this. It should be fat. Things should be faster and easier. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Dong Tini. Things should be faster and easier. <laughs> it's like tagline. Another good one. So anyway, so back to how I'm Dong. Well, yeah, Saturday was my birthday. Yeah, so birthday. I'm I'm Dong 35. Two days ago. Dong 35. Yes. Yes, so so that was fine. I, 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 Greg actually had to had to work during the day. He's recording an album with his band, so um, I I had to uh, I, re- I sort of like okay, what am I going to do today? Well, he's not here until like dinner time, so um, I guess I'll do this and that around the house. I'm like that's what you always do. So I like hurriedly texted my friend Tasha and was like, ah, you free for lunch? It's my birthday. So, um, so I had a fabulous cornmeal crust pizza, and uh, I got a book about Karen Carpenter from oh, Greg and. Really? some money which and, book yeah that's awesome uh it's called little girl blue oh so yeah so because previously i'd only read like a 25 cent book that's like about three inches tall you know those mini books that right. you get that, that's that's all i had read about karen carpenter but i love the carpenter i was so, obsessed with karen um, carpenter when i was like in high school well, I think I got into the Carpenters like when I was probably about eighteen or nineteen. Yeah. So you know, segment. it was like after I'd got oh after I'd got over not wanting to hear old people music. And then I was like, <laughs> oh, okay, no, I, I I actually really like this stuff. So yeah, so I got that and uh, just got some some cash. And uh, Bunyan's gonna get me the Portishead dummy LP that I couldn't get for Christmas. Oh, so friendly reminder, so nice. Bunyan. <laughs> Oh, so and uh, yeah, so that was my birthday. And that was it. We had dinner at uh, my favorite Italian restaurant that I've been at been to five years in a row on my birthday. Really? I don't know if I've told you this story. Yeah. I've five years. I went 31 through 35. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we went there before we saw Supergrass in 2008. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, I don't know if I told this told this before. I could have told it last year after my birthday. But we went there about maybe three or four years. One of the times, three or four years ago, we went. And I love their mushroom risotto. And I couldn't wait to get it. I was thinking about it all day, how great it was going to be. Um. And so anyway, so then they asked me, well, what would you like? And I was like, I'll get the mushroom risotto. And I think I said it with some kind of, that kind of vigor, you know, because I was so like <laughs> making making the proclamation I'd been holding on to all day. And then uh, she's like, oh, I'm sorry, we don't have it today. And I was like, oh, and I was like, but it's my birthday. And so <laughs> she oh. said, uh, and then Greg said, well, then, no, sorry, then the waitress said, uh, oh, I'm so sorry, but you can get it next year. Oh. And then Greg chimes in and says, well, she's not going to be here next year. She has a terminal illness. <gasps> <laughs> and she just went white. Like, <gasps> she felt so bad. And I can't let it's people suffer so awesome. for very long. So I had to, like, tell her right away. But she suffered enough in just those seconds. Oh, just, oh, don't worry. You can have it next year. <laughs> oh, yeah. Funny. Yeah. Yeah, it was really awkward and terrifying. And oh, awesome God. Awesome. <laughs> she had any idea who she was dealing with? <laughs> I know. God, that was tough. <laughs> if, like, I told it again at the table and it was like it had actually happened, even though... <laughs> you come back in a wheelchair with, like, tubes running out of you for the next year. I made it. I made it. You have the risotto <laughs> this year. 
That's weird. They should have just like made you some, you know? <laughs> I you're know. there all the time and it's your birthday. Oh, Seriously. Well. Maybe they were just out on mushrooms. But um but anyway, so yeah, so that was my birthday on Saturday. And then uh, I don't know if you listen to you remember a few months ago I fostered a kitten that I named Walt Jr. after Walt Jr. from Breaking Bad. And and he was found at home. And then on Sunday, the same crazy neighbor lady in my neighborhood she uh was knocking around on the doors and telling people that she had three kittens that someone had dumped on her so uh, so most of my sunday was spent trying to like sort this out and yeah and she 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 has no memories so every anytime i went over to like see the kittens she's like oh i don't I don't know where it is because she forgot that there were three and then she's like oh I'll, I'll look around for it oh here they are and she finds them in a container in her bathroom with like milk and and uh, and uh, food laid out like she has no memory she doesn't even know that there are three kittens in her own wow. bathroom I'm so scared of that happening to me I know it's real sad and so and this happened every time I went back she's like oh I don't know where it is because she kind of remembered that she had one cat and then yeah she just got oh, no God. no clue it's really funny when I first came to the door she said what's Obama's first name again oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was just like you know she's like she just suddenly had to know and I was like oh it's Barack what, what is it Bar- Bar- Barack Barack okay okay <laughs> That's an awesome but yeah. question. I know, I know. But she asked while I was there, she asked me like five times how she got the kittens because she couldn't remember. And I'm like, well, you told me somebody dumped them. That's all I know. And then like two minutes later, so how, so how, how did I get these kittens? Like she doesn't even oh, remember. That she asked That's me. That's so frustrating. How can how she even take care of herself? She drives. Did you say she drives? <laughs> she drives. Yeah. Oh god. So, but yeah, she's. It's like, it's like she seems Memento. like she. Can, <laughs> I know it's exactly like memento. Like one of the time, one point we were trying to get the kittens to drink the milk, and so I picked it up. We picked it up, and put it in front of the milk, and kind of like bobbed its head into the in, into the milk to see if it would drink, and it just kind of walked away. It didn't it didn't do anything. And then literally twenty seconds later, she's like, "Did it drink? What did it do?" Like she couldn't remember what had happened twenty seconds earlier with with the kitten, whether or not the kitten had drunk the milk. Wow. So yeah, so it's like we had to get the kittens away from her because they couldn't just stay there and, and this is the thing they couldn't even get out of the tub she had them in oh. so yeah they and, and they also couldn't eat or drink on their own so um, they needed to be like you know bottle fed or with an eyedropper and formula and all this stuff which I didn't know at all did you know that tiny abandoned kittens you need to help them poop did you know this what how do you do that well I didn't have to do it thankfully um, um, uh, this uh, friend of mine Emily uh, came over and took them thank god and she had like lots of experience in fostering kittens but yeah you have to poop them so because what happens is when they're tiny babies like after they've like suckled on their mother then she licks their butts and then they go to the bathroom after that so to 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 get them to do it you have to like get like a damp or warm damp cloth and like rub their butts after they've eaten and then it gets them to poop yeah i had no idea about this (laughs) I, i knew this about chickens like, oh really? Yeah, for my friends who keep chickens, you have to do that, or else they'll get all blocked up, and then they'll like explode basically and die. Wow. Yeah. I was thinking it would be kind of because I was telling Greg about that, and he was saying how horrible it was, and you know, and how it was a relief that babies, human babies, didn't need to have that. But I thought it would be kind of good. Then you wouldn't have to use so many diapers. You could just kind of like, you know, oh, have yeah, it backed up, it. and then just take it to the toilet and say, like, okay. Like an instead cup <laughs> or <a> diva cup. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So yeah, but anyway, so that's my my weekend. Now you had 
some sort of Christmas card. We all got Christmas cards, but you, did you, you have a worse Christmas card? <laughs> I did. My okay, my friend who um, used to work at a church, and it's been like ten years. Um, she said this older couple um, still sends her Christmas cards every year, and so she <laughs> sent me a picture of it. She lives very far away, and I'm sure she won't listen to this. And the people who are involved with this won't ever hear this, so I feel okay reading it. But um, her email to me is titled, "Okay, this is the worst Christmas card ever in the world." And, and here's what it says inside it. 2012 was a pretty bad year for me, so I hope and pray 2013 will be better. On July 27th, Bill left me in our marriage and filed for divorce. On October 16th, I fractured my left foot, same bone as my right foot, five years ago. On November 29th, I was diagnosed with glaucoma in both eyes. On December 20th, I had laser surgery on my left eye, which is 50% blind right now. Praying for a better year, but relying on God. And she goes, and the card says rejoice on the front. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you don't know how bad I'm gonna make this my my Facebook cover photo, but don't worry, Ella. <laughs> I'll just talk about it. <sighs> but anyway, yes, I, I got a lot of mileage out of that one. I was just delighted by that. I mean, it's so yeah. sad. It's like who? Yeah, but yeah. Why? Like it's, it's it's. I mean, I definitely feel for her, but it's such a kind of a posture of victimization. It's like yeah, yeah, well, yeah. No yeah. Wonder, like, Everything seems like it sucks. Like, I don't know. Yeah, that's a lot to lay on everybody in, a, in, in at Christmas. <laughs> it's like a, you know, a Neil just... Hamm- as if Neil Hamburger wrote a Christmas card. <laughs> <laughs> it totally is. <laughs> Those nattering nabobs of negativity. <laughs> yes. Well, that 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 is a bummer. Um, now I understand you've written a bummer of your own for Mr. Mark Driscoll on on oh, Amazon. That's so great. Nice, yeah. nice segue. Um, I, did I talk about this on Don Keeney yet? I was given, um, well, I got, starting way at the beginning, I got an email from Thomas Nelson Publishers, which is this publishing company in Tennessee, Christian Publishers, and they're like, Stephanie, would you, you know, total form email, would you be interested in write, you know, reading this new book by Mark Driscoll and writing a review for it? We look forward to following your blog. And I just thought it was hilarious, and I made it the email of the day, and then I deleted it. <clears throat> and I think my big comment was, my ass, they look forward to following my blog. Because <laughs> if they had any idea who I was, they would not send me that email. So people yeah. were like, no, you need to write a review. You need to. So I, I go back. Seriously. And I, I undelete it. And <laughs> I, I asked them for it. And so it arrived on Christmas Eve, you know. And David's like, you got a package from Thomas Nelson. That, do you think they sent you a Christmas present? I'm like, no, that's the Mark Driscoll book. Don't open it. And he's like, ooh. I'm going to wrap it in paper and put it under the tree and you're not going to know which one it is. It's a Mark Driscoll book. And I'm like, you monster, it's Christmas. How can you possibly? And he's like, he was a little drunk and he's like parading it around saying all the things that Mark Driscoll said. Like, I can't whisper a hip, whisper, I can't worship a hippie queer Christ who, um, I can't worship a Jesus I could beat up. And when Grace came home with her momish haircut and saw my disappointment, she started crying. She knew that she had put her needs ahead of my needs as a husband. Like he was like saying all this. And I'm like, you're ruining Christmas, asshole. So <clears throat> he sobered up, <laughs> and we didn't look at the book for a little while. So then um, the pub- it was coming out today, January 8th is like the day that it was, or 7th, it was publishing, whatever, coming out. And so I'm like, okay, I have to write this review by then. So I was up till exactly midnight. I published my review at 11.59 last night. And I was very excited that when I checked like a little bit ago, um, it's like the number one review of all the reviews on so far. Like it's the one that comes up. It's my one star. 
review for him, and um, the title I used, um, I think, was Mark Driscoll is to Biblical Wisdom as Richard Simmons is to Cage Fighting. <laughs> as soon as you use Richard Simmons, you already won. <laughs> I hated to drag Richard into this because I love him so much, but just the image of him in an MMA cage, like an octagon or whatever, like, all the big scary men, why, why? And he's all oily and cowering in the shorts. Yes! Like, I just loved it. So, um, Flapping his hands, screaming, I would love it. <laughs> wearing pantyhose. So I just, I kind of, I went into detail. I'm like, okay, I'm biased. You know, I have this history of, you know, these things I know. Um, I did read it, you know, so it went way into it. And like right before we started recording, I checked and it says, said 179 people out of 202 found this review helpful. <laughs> so I guess that's oh, pretty wow. good. I guess that's, that's great. <laughs> but it's just so funny because there's only one other one star review and there's a big gap and then the rest are like mostly fives and, and they were saying hilarious things like in all caps this one person goes, Every Christian should read this book and all these exclamation points and it's like these are the people that read this stuff and uh, yeah. So it felt good to get But what's that out. great is that even even though there's only two one star reviews, yours is the most well-known and famous and because when you click into the reviews you automatically get the best best review and the best worst review like they just come up side by side so you'll always be right up there as soon as somebody clicks on the reviews i hope so so yeah yeah because i mean they always have the the worst bad reviews are always up there to be seen so yeah they don't get buried so i think you're gonna you're gonna be relevant in that review air review arena for quite some time well people are like oh we better watch out for like marked <laughs> unmarked vans like black suburbans with tinted windows like coming around your house <laughs> mark Driscoll's gonna cap your ass i'm like if he hasn't by now he's not gonna i don't think it'd be too obvious <laughs> as time goes on the more obvious it gets that he wants to kill me yes <laughs> Gosh, I mean, they probably want to tell people to like vote your thing down, but I mean, that would just draw more the, people's attention to you when they don't want exactly. that. Exactly. So. Yeah, I'm like, they can't yeah. really send, David said, they can't really send people to that review because then they would have to read what you said about him and exactly. you kind of make a good point. <laughs> so they, yes. they probably don't know what to do with you. And I'm like, all right. So. Yeah. So, Mars so, Hill people, well, if you're bravo. listening, what's up? <laughs> yeah, look it up and and go also vote it vote it um vote it up like yeah that it was, say it was helpful on Amazon if you if you do read it to oh, nice. keep it keep it buoyant. Oh. <laughs> um. Now, do you know who Danny Kay is? He is the guy who acted opposite Bing Crosby in White Christmas. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Very good, and yeah, and he's also in a court jester and oh, I Hans thought you were Christian talking about Anderson. your friend Danny Kay in Australia. And no, 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 oh. no. I was talking about that Danny Kay. The, the, well, that's the thing. My friend Daniel Cusetta with a K. I named Danny Kay after Danny Kay. Oh, so, love it. Yes, so Danny Kay, Danny K A Y E, is who I speak of. The original Danny Kay. Um, 
So yeah, so Danny Kaye is like a vaudevillian actor for I think a lot of people our age don't know who he is. So um, which and so anyone younger is definitely probably not going to know who he is. But yeah, so you know he was in movies in the 40s and 50s, and I think he had a TV show also in the 60s, which I've never seen. But anyway, I like a number of his movies. This friend of mine, Jen, she loves him so much. She just this movie, The Five Pennies. I hadn't seen it of his, and she told me about it, and she just it just like makes her cry, and she loves it. And her little daughter, when she was born, like someone made a onesie with like a picture of Danny Kaye on it. So um, super sweet. So yeah, so he's a darling man. Um, but you know, he died in 1987. But anyway, so Greg was looking through the LA Weekly on the weekend and sees Danny Kaye Film Festival. I was like, oh wow, I kind of want to go to that. So you know, yeah, it's like that's such a random thing. It's like 10 Danny Kaye movies over two days. So I'm like, oh my god, I got to tell Jen about this. So I'll go look it up. The fucking thing is, let me just see. The original price was for the two days, a hundred and forty-five dollars. What is it? The Cinerama? Where was it? Oh, oh no, no, no! It wasn't at the Cinerama. Right, and to, for, you could buy the one-day pass for either day, and it was originally ninety-nine dollars. Then they knocked it down to one hundred and nineteen dollars for two days and ten films, and seventy-nine dollars for for one day and five films. Then they knocked it down to ninety-five dollars and fifty dollars. And I'm already like, this is, and I for, this when I come into it, it's already fifty dollars for one day, and I'm already, and I only want to see like a couple movies anyway. You know, yeah. but I think it'll be nice to see those on the big screen, whatever. But then the more I look at, it, I'm like, this people are cracked. I mean, you know, <laughs> who like the fuck wants to see a Danny K film festival <laughs> in like in 2013? You know, yeah. <laughs> like, just because I think he's great doesn't mean I think there's a demand for this. <laughs> anyway, so I'm baffled by this. So anyway, so I tell Jen about it, and I was like, I, I think this is good, but you know, but something something seems a little wrong about it. So anyway, so then I write to them. And I'm like, so, because then I realize it's playing, it's happening at the Pasadena Convention Center. So like, this is not a theater. This is some convention center with uncomfortable chairs. You know, chairs you don't want to sit in for fucking one movie, let alone ten. So anyway, so I email them. I'm like, so are you showing film or are you showing DVDs? You know, because I imagine they've got one of those projector things with a DVD hooked up. They said it's gonna be a mixture of DVDs and VHS. What? <laughs> yes. The balls on these people. I know. Well, that's the thing. I wanted to like write to them and say, "Are you nuts trying to charge people ninety-five dollars?" And ninety-five, remember, is their reduced price uh, in 2013 to see Danny <laughs> Kaye movies. Like, who do? You, how many fucking people do you think are gonna go to this? Anyway, and I wonder, like, you send them that "Are you out of your mind?" email. But then Greg, Greg pointed out, you know, they're probably 70 years old. I mean, who who else the fuck is putting on a Danny Kaye film festival? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I know. Are they so, marketing? I to, to, to Jackie's Jackie's vector, the Jackie demographic. Seriously, seriously. <laughs> wow. So that was just too bad. And I wrote back and say, oh, yeah, unfortunately, I don't think we're going to be able to afford it because they seemed very eager. And I was like, I bet they're eager because nobody's buying these fucking tickets. Yeah. So anyway, so uh, I, I said, yeah, I don't think we're going to be able to afford it. Please let me know if you decide to sell tickets on a per movie, you know, individual films. And then they wrote back saying a lot of the proceeds are going to UNICEF and just trying to kind of browbeat me into buying it. And I just didn't write back. So, yeah, but that was just kind of tragic. Really. <laughs> wow. I'm no, I'm glad you called. I love that sort of that sort of sleuthing. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, but anyway, but I do love Danny Kaye. So, anyway, the quote gesture is so funny. Have you seen that one? I haven't seen that one. Was he in Singing in the Rain? Who am I thinking of? Was no, uh, Gene Dyke? Kelly's in Gene Kelly's. Gene in Kelly, Singing okay. In the rain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to brush up on my yeah. <laughs> on the old days. I need to hang out yeah, with Singing in the Rain. Did we talk about? I don't know if we ever talked about it on the show, but yeah, I only saw that like early. Oh no, I think it was before we started doing the podcast that we yeah, watched that. I remember, but that yeah, when we I saw, saw it. it. Yeah, it was like March of, of, of actually March of 2011, so nearly two years ago. But um, yeah, How like we were having this that? movie night wow. because I just happened to know the brief period that we were doing movie night, and okay. then it was early 2011. That's how I remember. Nice. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, but we uh, we were sort of watching a f- bunch of uh, our friends were getting together and just watching like classics that we hadn't seen and everyone had seen Singing in the Rain, but me and Greg hadn't seen it. So we watched that was one of the ones that's what I nominated and I loved it so much. Like I couldn't believe that I had missed out on my whole childhood and then you hadn't seen it either. I hadn't so seen it then, until very recently. Yeah, so when I told you about it, I was like, you have to see this, and then you loved it. And didn't the kids love it too? They loved it. Was, oh, that yeah. made me just warmed my heart. Fun you just think, like it's so rare that we all like something together, you know. <laughs> so yeah, um, that was so super and just fun, kids yeah. these days. You just don't expect them to be taken in with a with a with a with a sixty year old musical. But um. <laughs> I know it's such like it just goes to show like this is that was good shit. Like White Christmas is the best Christmas movie ever. You know, it's wonderful. Like, Actually, I haven't Christmas seen White Christmas and all that old stuff. Is, so good and so I just love it that my kids aren't ruined by technology and computers yeah but they would like singing in the rain and they would get excited about that stuff yeah but, seriously um, I know because Greg always worries about the future of our kids like if they if they like he wouldn't want them to see movies like all this all the CGI and stuff that it would ruin them because he knows that when we have kids I would want to be all like you know showing them Harry Potter like as soon yeah. as they were born but <laughs> but uh <laughs> When my son, if I have a son, if he's one year old, I'm going to draw a lightning bolt on his head. <laughs> but yeah, but anyway, um, so yeah, so um, uh, yeah, but Greg was like, yeah, I wouldn't want them to get all like, you know, CGI'd out. And, like they didn't appreciate all the stuff. But then I said, I, you know, Lolly and Judah only just saw it in the rain like a year and a half ago and they loved it. And he felt very heartened by that. Oh, so. I'm so glad. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know they've seen all this other shit too. So. And you know what yeah. we've been showing them is Bewitched. Did I tell you this? Oh, yet? really? You know that? No. You know the 60s series? Um, of course. I love Bewitched. Okay. So, yeah, it's a total Nick at Night thing. And um, so I got, I found season one at the library and it's like so wonderfully set up. Like they're like, there was a boy who met a girl and they enjoyed things together. And you know, it draws it out in that 60s way, like educational film. Then like, like the one thing was she was a witch and like, and they're sucked in, you know, cause she's like making an ashtray float across the room and it's all yeah. friendly but that's so fun and they love leave it to beaver and it's making me because i watched that when i was a kid and now i'd be like Ugh, yeah. i bet it was stupid because i watched it when i was a kid but no that that holds up super funny and witty and you know who would think but that's good that's they so like great. Stuff. you should get them into i love lucy i would be so happy if they liked i love lucy oh, oh yeah I so funny yes so good the mutt once i once i was watching that and it was on and um and, and my stupid ex-friend was over and she's like, <laughs> like they've something yeah well she's stupid and she's an ex-friend and that's why she's an ex-friend <laughs> but she goes oh the things people used to find funny and oh, I go gosh. it's still funny and I like barked at her because I was so annoyed that she was being all like you know oh these oldie time old time wow. things like idiot so anyway she was stupid 
as I've stated three times now. Um, <laughs> I have some Harry Potter news that you're going to like because um, I told Harry you. Harry Potter news! It's Harry Potter news! A couple years ago, Judah was given the Sorcerer's Stone, the Philosopher's Stone, as I say in Australia and Britain, on Blu-ray. And we didn't have a Blu-ray player yet, but so we've had this disc forever. And then we just got a Blu-ray, right, for Christmas. And so I'm like, Judah, we have to watch this. Um, so we did this, and today happens to be his 11th birthday, and this weekend yes. we are watching The Sorcerer's, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, and it begins the night before Harry's 11th birthday, and it was so poignant. It was just the best thing. And, you it know, is. And just like all the letters coming through, and I'm like, Judah, what if that happened right now? You know, like midnight yes. and on your birthday. Uh. All these letters start shooting through, you know, the chimney that we don't have and all the doors. <laughs> <laughs> And Hagrid comes in and bends the daddy's gun and he tries to shoot him. Anyway, I digest, but it was, cute. it was just very magical, I felt. So. Totally, totally magical. Where did they film it? Because I was, like, really taken by, you know, the Hogwarts castle and all that. Like, where is that? Well, they had a set for the castle and yeah. um, just, like, at a, at a, at a, at a, you know, at a, at a studio lot. Wow. So, um, yeah, that's, that's where they shot it. And I think they had, the, I think that some exterior shots there are, like, castles and things in, in I think, northern England or something. I've always wanted oh, okay. to go out there, but I haven't had the time to, like, find out and make those trips. But, oh, but get this right. <laughs> so, when I went out to see, and I can't complain because I'm just a stupid bitch, but I get to go <laughs> to England and, and Paris to see the final Supergrass shows ever. You know, I see four of the four last Supergrass shows ever, and I go out there and that's the whole purpose for the trip but then while I'm there I spent my last day after the tour was over um with our friend Rachel Boot and um, and I hadn't been like in close contact with her in the previous months and I knew she'd been out of work because her old work had burned down the last time I'd seen her so I was like so what are, what what have you been doing and and she's like oh yeah so I'm working on Harry Potter and I'm like ah! and I was like freaking out and then it was like the last day of shooting the entire series like Deathly Hallows Part 2 was like two days before that like well, the Saturday while I was in Paris she they was the last day on set and I just felt like so close like there was my chance to go oh, to the Harry Potter set Simone, so and I missed sorry. it by two days but I mean I didn't really miss it by two days because the only reason I was even fucking there was to see Supergrass which is what I did so right. you know it was fine but you know we just when you're that close to it and you're like ah! oh yeah absolutely yeah what and then after Rachel like, left for work of events Supergrass Paris yeah. and the you know Deathly Hallows last day of shooting that's so weird I know and, and to like the day after she um the day she, because I said one night and then she left to go to work the next morning and then I calculated the time in California and then I like called my friend Tasha and I was like, because she's a Harry Potter nut and yeah. has Harry Potter tattoos. I'm like, Tasha, <laughs> guess where my friend is right now? She's going to work on Harry Potter. <laughs> like, we were just freaking out. Oh, that's so, so fun. <laughs> I love it. Tasha's so much fun. She is. She's totally good fun. And she had lunch with me on my birthday. Thank you, Tasha. Um, now, now we've been quite jolly and having, you know, miserable Christmas cards and jolly birthdays and such. But you, you were a bit sad, as you mentioned last week, over yeah. the over the festive season. And uh, but you know, you 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 found some, you know, positives to this sadness. Did you want to talk about that? Yeah, just to yeah. bum was, everyone out. It was so interesting. <laughs> Because, like, I felt like the Christmas sadness that I was talking about last episode just, you know, was dragging through. And I'm like, what is this? And um, 
Like I felt like it was really like just right under my skin, like a bunch of sadness for some reason. And um, but I was functioning. Like it didn't feel like depression, but it felt kind of like yeah. Um, like make, maybe something was going on that that I needed to you know bring up and feel or something. But um, so I, I had been kind of dealing with this, and I was actually struggling with it all day. And I went and got my coworker's happy light, is what it's called. It's like the full spectrum light for people who live in Seattle. <laughs> and yes. Any sunlight. So I was like, you know, maybe this will help me. And I'm just kind of sitting there wrestling with it. Well, I went out in the hall, and I um, I saw my friend who his his partner had died recently, and I hadn't seen him since that happened, but I'd only heard of it. And I just saw him, and we made eye contact, and I go, "Come here," and I just like hugged him so hard, and like it was like it was just a moment, you know. And I feel like like yeah. that exists, you know. I felt like there was a purpose to my sadness. Like if I hadn't had that sadness so present, I wouldn't have been able to go to him and like kind of pick it. Like I felt like we were feeling the same thing. You know, like, yeah, doing, like yeah. some sort of grief, and like we just like had this big connection. And he was like, "Thank you," and it just felt so lovely. You know, it felt kind of yeah. like, oh, "Okay, there's a purpose to that." I just got to connect with that guy I love so much, and um, yeah, maybe he feels a little less alone now. So, anyway, I just well, it's, I'm sure it meant so much to him because yeah. you know when people are like struggling with some, with grief like that, like they get they, I think everyone's tiptoeing around them because nobody yes. knows how to approach them. Like people think, oh, I don't want to mention it and bring it up if they weren't thinking about it right yeah. now, or I don't want to be ignoring it if I'm supposed to say something, or you know, they just don't know what to do. So mm, yeah. it's like just that sounds like the perfect silent acknowledgement um, and comfort that he would need. So yeah. yay for that. Yeah, like no words were necessary at all. Like it was just very yeah. clear that we, I just knew we were feeling the same thing. So yeah, yeah. It felt really nice. So, and then I emailed you about it. And we're like, hey. Yes. And I was like, let's talk about yes. this on the show because, you know, we don't like to think about our sadness. And, um, no. But it's, you know, we tend to be funny and, and you know, peppy on here. But yeah. It's good. I think, but even you know, when you have think, it, even if you don't have it at that ready at the time, I mean, like just having it, it's, you know, you know, yeah. you need to have it, but you always have it to draw upon to help other people when they need it. So, yeah. yeah. Totally. So it's there's good. a purpose to it somehow, even though it's a big struggle. So. Yeah. So you have something so, on the document about community <laughs> over a bread song. Yes. So this is again, this so I guess, <laughs> segging a little bit uh, in terms of you know relating to people and being there when they need them. Now, um, uh, you know, uh, before we go any further, bread. Are you familiar with the work of Bread, the band? I only know of. I only know the name. I know they're okay, like some yeah. 70s so, band, right? Like, yeah, they're this okay. 70s soft rock band. You'd probably know all these songs if you heard them, like If. If a picture paints a thousand oh, words, okay. then why can't I paint you? <laughs> yes, that's a bread song. And baby, I'ma want you. Baby, I'ma need you. You know that song? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, see? Awesome. Everyone knows bread. <laughs> and I'd like to make it with you. Make it with you. I really think that we can make it good. Anyway, so yeah, so it, it came to my attention just from hearing these songs that it turned out I liked bread. And so, yeah. anyway, and Greg just like, like, like so bread, disappointed. <laughs> I do not like wet bread. Oh man, imagine if they were on stage and really sweaty. They would be wet bread. <laughs> So anyway, so I, I realized I liked bread, and I, I and Greg gives me shit about this that I realized I have this <laughs> soft rock fondness. It don't matter to me. That's another. Um, <laughs> 
And so anyway, so he, he Greg's like, do you know this song? Because I, I knew so many of these songs. And it was this song called Lost Without Your Love. And and I guess it's from 1977. I didn't really know this song. But he was just like in bed, like, you know, pulled it up on his phone on YouTube. And then we started looking at the comments. Now, as most of us know, pretty much any video you look at on YouTube, if it has comments, it's just it's just like a playground for assholes. Just yeah. you get a couple people like, oh, this is so great, blah, blah, blah. And then everything follows like this, you know, just this is so much nastiness. It's like this extra level of nasty on YouTube for some reason. You're totally right. But anyway, so this bread song, Lost Without Your Love, which I imagine is playing right now as I speak. Um, uh, <laughs> so the comments on here are amazing. I couldn't believe it. They're just all these people just opening up and sharing emotions coming Aww. out of this song. So here's one like, I just turned 56 and in 78, I lost the one I wanted to marry. Being stationed overseas certainly didn't help. It was a really hard year for me. (laughs) And then then following on from that, it's amazing that 34 years later, I still miss my first love. These old feelings are never far from the surface. Like this is fucking YouTube comment thread on like a sappy love song from 1977. Oh my gosh, and how then beautiful. I think we we just always remember and never forget our first love. I've never forgotten mine either. Oh, and then this 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 is classic. This guy is like responding to his his own marital problems in this thread. I would like to send this to my ex-wife and say that I am so very sorry for all that I put you through. I wish I could go back and change things, but I can't. I can only hope that someday you will forgive me for all the pain that I caused you. Wow. <laughs> bread brings people together i know it's unbelievable and it just goes on like this nobody i think i found one person being shitty in this thread so i was just wow. like just going on and that's on and song, on God. that's amazing so yeah a little ray of light so shines one good deed <laughs> Exactly. Aww. But um oh, but there's this great one from this teenage girl that was uh that really I found very heartening also. Oh here we go. I'm sixteen and my mother was a flower child, so I've always had good roots in music. And when I heard their whole album, I went to school the next day and asked around if anybody knew the, who the band Bread was and they hadn't heard had they hadn't had a clue. In my opinion, this band should be overrated, not just Justin Bieber or Nicki Minaj. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, but yeah, I'm going to send a link to this. But isn't this just such an anomaly? All these people just being sweet and sharing love and emotions about their lost loves (laughs) in a YouTube thread. (laughs) I love it. Like any blog like that would be expected. But like you said, YouTube comments are playground for assholes. That's so unexpected. I never see anything decent or thoughtful in a YouTube comment ever. Yeah. So, very nice. So, good on your bread. I'm a fan. Speaking of bread, so, I'd like to address your yeah. phobia of wet bread and that I thought of you yesterday <laughs> when um, I was watching Girls, which, you know, the first season I'm just halfway through right now and I'm psychotically loving it. And um, they showed her updating her Twitter, you know, just trying to write a tweet. And you could see what she, her previous tweet partly while she was typing her new one. And the previous tweet had been, I just poured water on bread to stop myself from eating it, but I ate it anyway. What kind of monster am I? That <laughs> 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 just struck me so funny. And I thought of Simone and her wet bread aversion. 
oh <sighs> my god I would die that's my biggest phobia like if it's not like I like I'll put you know milk on cereal I don't mind that and if it gets soggy I'm fine with it it's just water and bread you know that really because I think I imagine like biting into it and just like it's like squirting out into cold water oh. squirting out into my mouth out of the bread like when you squeeze a sponge yeah and I don't know why my brain goes there but it does so porous Um, Well, before we finish up, I just want to announce, I talked uh, a few months ago about how I broke my four-year vomiting streak in August after a bachelorette party and that I did actually note the date, and now I've noted the date of the last vomit. Other dates that I kept track of was when I last broke a nail. And... Do you have a Google Doc or like a spreadsheet or something for these? No, it's just in, it's in a little document in my Evernote in my phone. Oh, okay. So uh, anyway, so I had I noted the last three incidences, and uh, so the pre- last the previous incident was um, September. Um, I have the exact date, but it was September of 2011. So I went all of 2012 without breaking a nail. And then um, I was standing in the doorway, reaching for something. I went to take a step and then the cat was there and I lost my footing and grabbed the door frame and broke my nail on the 3rd of January, 2012. I'm starting to sound like like Rain Man, broke my nail, and fell over, grabbed the, grabbed the door and hurt my nail on January 3rd and broke, broke the nail. Totally bad that pulled and squeezed and hurt my neck in 1988. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie Babbitt. We're in fraction. Red notebook. Charlie Babbitt pulled and squeezed and hurt my neck in 1988. That sounds like me. But I promise you, just the vomiting and the nail breakage are the only two things that I document. Like in fraction, Evernote. Sloan Turkington broke, tripped and fell and broke her nail in 2013. Fraction on Birdsworth because it was his fault. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely oh. Birdsworth's fault. Definitely Birdsworth. <laughs> <sighs> wow. Well. On that note, uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, please call the dong line if you have something to say or share. Uh, it's 323-301-DONG. Oh, and I was on the Grapes of Rad last week, so you should listen to that if oh, you yeah. get bored. I want another podcast. Totally. Yes. I haven't <sighs> heard it yet, used, but like, I like this um, like, boob-centric picture of me as the cover photo, and David saw it and goes, those bastards. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great boob-centric shot. <laughs> oh, passive-aggressive cleavage for you. Yes. So, uh, and, uh, visit dongtini.com for any supplementary material, and uh, that'll do it for this week. So, until next time, bye, Stephanie. Bye, Simone. Bye! Your guitar
Operates independently in partnership with FeralAudio.com, an artist-friendly podcast collective. This artist reserves the rights to their materials. Visit FeralAudio.com for other original shows and learn about our community of artists that help make this collective possible. Thank you for listening to this podcast.